Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome again to another edition of Big Chris Live, the live stream and then the podcast. And you can find it everywhere where you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, DeanBlundell.com, our podcast network host. And thanks for everyone who is checking out the live stream this evening via the Big Chris Radio Facebook page, the Dean Blundell Twitter account, and also via YouTube. Thanks to our growing audience on YouTube. This is part two of A Brush With Fame. We have a couple of uh, holdovers from the last episode on Thursday night. Please welcome Mark Davis, a uh, not a stranger to this podcast. We've been through his backstory a million times. Uh, and we went real deep into the white rapper phase of your life on the last one there, Mark. <laughs> from the mean streets of Windsor, Detroit. Real deep, making my, uh, making my family proud, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And uh, he was a rookie to the podcast last Thursday. Now he's a veteran. Andrew Libby in the bottom left-hand corner. Andrew, thanks for coming back to us. And uh, this whole thing is kind of centered around Andrew in a way because he is one of the biggest fans that I have met of. Well, uh, we'll get into all the tattoos on your arm, Andrew. Maybe just show them again. Now you got your your phone on the side now and you've got your much bigger screen now. Show those tats off. Yes. Show off that ink, man. Well, we'll start with the, the best one. There's a... Uh... Brian Vollmer signature right there. So yeah, there's and Brian is our next guest. So we'll introduce in a moment. But uh, so there are multiple Felix signatures of, and, uh, of artists that you've had tattooed on your arms. Yeah, there's uh, this whole arms filled up. There's uh, Lee Aaron, Biff Naked, guys in Motley Crue, Limp Biscuit, uh, just a bunch. When I first All met, an adventure Andrew, to get them. I think we calculated what 17 years ago was when we first met and, and I, I will never forget that. And I've never forgotten Andrew. We've kept in touch almost the last 17 years, almost pretty consistently in various ways, thanks to social media. And, and uh, I, I never forgot the fact that he went out and one by one tracked down members of his, of one of his favorite bands, Motley Crue had them sign his arm and then have him tattooed on his arm. Now that is fan dedication right there. Now. It's all based on them being influential in my life growing up and, and, and so on. And, and that's the same thing with Helix. I'm sure when they, they saw, like, when they signed it, they didn't think, like, never thought much of it. But, I mean, it, it's sort of like the soundtrack of your life that you get to keep with you all the time. Yeah. So. As, a, as a proud Windsor boy, I got to res give respect to that Limp Bizkit tattoo. That's, that's nuts. Yeah. I didn't know that one last time we talked. Yeah, a little bit of everybody. <laughs> a little bit of everything being represented now you mentioned brian Fred. brian is on the call tonight as well from the band helix who also you guys just recently uh released new music this past august correct uh brian 
Yeah, we uh, we well, actually we released it uh, last spring, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Eat, sleep, rock, and uh, it's on Paris Records out of uh, Houston, Texas, and uh, in Canada, I sell it myself. It's been doing really well, and we have a new song called uh, "Not My Circus, Not My Clowns," about to come out in a couple of weeks. Oh, awesome! Well, uh, look forward to it. It's great to see that you guys are still uh, still making new music, and um, obviously. The song Rock You, iconic. I think I was a preteen. It was like the first song that I would literally sing out loud, whether we were in a car trip or something with the windows down. I, I remember that distinctly as a young man, uh, being one of the first songs that I was into, man. So uh, great to have you on this podcast. And obviously, Andrew Libby is a huge fan of yours. And, and, uh, and, and part of the brush with fame is his brush with fame with you. So I'm glad you're here to represent. And then lastly, I'll introduce Ryan Carroll. And uh, Ryan is the afternoon host at Big FM in Kingston. He has a podcast called What the Rock Podcast. And he is a massive Guns N' Roses fan. I don't want to spoil your level of fan. It's not the tattoos on your arms. Obviously, you have Guns N' Roses everywhere, the shirt, the the hat, the, the mask even. But there's something else that Ryan has done. There's the mask. There's something else that Ryan has done to show his fan dedication that we're going to mention a little later on in the podcast. I just want to ask now first off the top to the panel and especially to Brian, is it just me or are bands who have their roots like, like Helix in the 1980s or like Motley Crue or bands of that nature, do they not have the best fans or the most dedicated obsessive fans of all time? Yes, and Helix has been developing our fan base since 1974 when we started. We used to have uh, uh, the Heliograph, which was a little bit a news uh, letter that we used to send out. And uh, we've always kept in close contact with our fans. We've always answered our fan mails. And we have a strong grassroots following. Yeah. And, and, and I think there's that was one of the, the, the models that a lot of bands had. They each had their own club you felt like you were a special part of a special club when you would when you would you know follow these bands around but i think there was an extra touch with helix and, and andrew mentioned this in the last podcast too that you guys will always remember anyone that partied with you or that you partied with you know in in some small bar in the middle of saskatchewan or whatever you guys keep in touch and you're and you're and you're real down-to-earth people well a lot of the people that we've met over the years are friends of ours and have been for years um, part of the, you know, getting out there and meeting people was going out between sets when we used to play bars mm -hmm. and a lot, met a lot of people like that. And we went over to their houses and we uh, partied with them. We drank with them. We went to barbecues with them. And uh, sometimes we slept with them. <laughs> yeah well you're rock and roll <laughs> yeah well uh yeah well let's, uh, let's talk a bit more about that shall we uh, well do you, was there ever a time that where maybe a fan took things too far though brian well a couple times but uh whenever i remember right off the top of my head on our first uh, tour of western canada we were in moose jaw saskatchewan and playing at a place called the hospitality in and it was pretty much empty every night of the week except for this one guy who came out to see us every night and then on saturday he asked us to uh, come over for a barbecue so we went over there and during the course of the afternoon he uh, drank a 40 pounder of uh, whiskey 
And uh, then he showed up to go to the show that night and they wouldn't let him in because he was too drunk. Oh no. <laughs> so he phoned, phoned our room and he said, look, they won't let me in. I'm too, you know, they said, I'm too drunk. I said, well, I can't do anything. I, you know, I can't get you in. You know what I mean? That's up to them and the liquor board and everything else, right? So he said, I'm coming back. I'm bringing a gun back. I'm coming to get you guys. Oh, fuck. And uh, so, you know. <laughs> so he didn't get you, obviously. You're here now to tell the tale. Woo! Still here. <laughs> oh, wow, man. What did he show Moose, up? Moose Jaw. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so glad for Moose Jaw. <laughs> no, he had me. He had me by like the the edge of my seat when he said Moose Jaw. Oh my god. <laughs> no, that's wild, Brian. So, it, so he never came. Did he? Did he show up? No, he never showed up. I think we called the cops on him or something. Yeah. Well, that I would have as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I'm in the middle of Moose Jaw. I think this might actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian wrote a book, and he has uh, tons of stories of the history of Helix and stuff like that in it. And yeah, there's some pretty good stories. All right. See the book for the un unedited, unrated version of these stories then. Yeah. Ryan, let's talk about your fanship now. You're a big Guns N' Roses fan, but yeah, yeah, he is. you took yeah. it to the next level when your child was born. Yeah, we, uh, me, we, when I, you know, when I, we just had a baby as well, almost four weeks old and, and, uh, you know, picking a name is a difficult thing, mm -hmm. but it wasn't very difficult for you, was it? No, it was a. Uh, it was funny. We were sitting around out having uh, having dinner, my wife and I, and uh, we we're talking about names. And I just went, kind of slid in. I'm like, "How about McKagan?" The name McKagan, and she's like, "I love it. I love it." In my mind, I'm like, "This is named after Duff McKagan." In your mind. In but my you mind, didn't, you didn't you, do, you didn't tell her what it was. Not at first, <laughs> no. Because <laughs> well, we came up with we, we came, actually came up with, uh, with, with with two names, and it was I or I gave two names. I said McKagan or Hudson. Now McKagan, obviously Duff McKagan, right? And Slash's real name, Soul Hudson, right? In some way, my baby was going to be immortalized with Guns and Roses. I did. I, I I had to slip this past her. So after she agreed with McKagan. I'm like, okay, honey, you know Duff from Guns N' Roses, and she's a big GNR fan, of course. She's, I'm like, you know his last name. She's like, fucking McKagan. There you go. <laughs> and she, you still went through with it. The baby's name, but, yeah. And after, and, and after he was born, we did this huge post about uh, Guns N' Roses and what they meant to us growing up, and how they, how much they mean to me um, as one of those bands that just, you know, as bands speak to you as you grow up, or. You know, everyone has that one band. Um, and yeah, even Duff reached out and said congratulations to us. And Good. Yeah, I was, was going to be my uh, next question. Special. So that that's great, man. That was going to be my next question is, did you reach out to the band? Did you let them know? Yeah, yeah we uh, like I said, we, we I Twittered at them and did everything we can. Um, and Duff uh, reached out, said congratulations. Yeah. Um, and that was to me, we, we, we framed this tweet that he sent. And now that McKagan's going to have that for 
the rest of his life because we thought that was pretty cool that's fantastic yeah you know what ryan i had a theory and i didn't i didn't think you would pull it off honestly like <laughs> i've i've been friends on facebook with ryan since i met him eight years ago and in that time he has signed off almost every single facebook post that he has ever put up gnfnr which yeah. stands for guns and fucking roses <laughs> <laughs> with the it's little gnfnr or r and fnr rock and fucking roll so. yeah yeah and and like i followed like your entire saga man like when you when you told like when you made the announcement that you were having a baby and everything and like man like it was a it was a fascinating journey to follow actually yeah, yeah. well the, the thing is like, like i mentioned you have that one band that you just you fall in love with not to take away from any other band that you also have as like you could have numerous favorite bands but there's that one band that just speaks to you gnr is that band i mean i've met numerous members from them and of the band um but yeah it's just i mean i, I would have loved to do something with axel rose and name my uh, kid that but or something along those lines but if i mentioned rose or axel Game over. Nicole would have been yeah. there. Game and, over. And yeah. it's not it's not even to say that rock knows any generation, but like my dad, my my 60-year-old dad grew up in the Guns N' Roses heyday. He fucking loved Guns N' Roses. He owns their vinyls. He's seen them in concert. Ryan Carroll still loves Guns N' Roses more than my fucking dad does. Like <laughs> yeah. by a landslide. You know, I, I just turned 40. It's been since I was six years old, 1987, when Appetite came out. And my uh, brother, who was actually, I think, even nine, he stole the uh, tape from somewhere, maybe from some music store. I don't know. Yeah. But he brought it home. He made me listen to it. Fell in love. And even with Axl Rose, and I think, Brian, you can attest to this, a band to me is not the same band without their lead singer. Right? So even with Axl Rose and like uh ashba and and, and buckethead eras and uh um everyone else that was on there like chris pillman and all that stuff Th to me with axel there it was still kind of guns and roses even though i missed having but the, others, the lead yeah. singer is what makes to me the band sorry Unless you're ACDC. <laughs> yeah. There have, been, there have been a couple of bands that have pulled it off in history, but it is kind of few and far between. Like the new singer for <laughs> Alice in Chains that they've got. I mean, that guy wails, right? I mean, that, oh, that yeah. kind of, you know, got my stamp. But where do we all stand with Adam Lambert in the head of Queen? Like that's that's like things I think of uh, too. It's a good uh, money making project. Yeah, I like I it to the fact that he announces when he's in concert, he comes out and will say, "Okay, let's talk about the ghost in the, or the elephant in the room." I am not Freddie Mer Mercury. I'm not trying to be Freddie Mercury or replace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I just want to head on. You know, yeah. so he squashes that right away. I yeah. Thought, uh, when I went and saw Axel sing for ACDC, he was amazing. Oh yeah, he was. That was when he was in the chair, right? No, part of that tour. Oh, didn't? Yeah, part of that tour. He broke his leg or something. I thought. No, I saw him in Buffalo. He was amazing. Oh, incredible! He sang for like two and a half hours or something. The highest ACDC shit that there is, and he sang it perfect. He wow. sang better than Brian Johnson. Well, <laughs> that's why Angus and everyone was so excited about Axel coming in because they got to do a lot of the the uh bond scott era yeah the entire oeuvre yeah, yeah. brian well, when was sorry I, go ahead i had a new respect when i uh, heard him sing for them 
Yeah, I, I did as well, actually, because I almost, you know, obviously, you know, Axel is a very talented guy, but, you know, a lot of the headlines and a lot of the 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 stuff that happened, you know, the late 90s and, you know, plastic surgery, he almost became like a bit of a cartoon character for a little while. And I think that that tour with ACDC re-legitimized him as, oh, yeah, this guy can friggin' wail. Let's not forget those details, right? Yeah. Um, Brian, I had a question for you. We're back to almost like he was trying to make amends. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. He was on a mission, right. To show people that he still had the sand. Brian, when was the first time that you met Andrew as a fan of Helix and, and alternatively, Andrew also, when was your first Helix show? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you remember the last one. <laughs> oh, sounds like a story. No, I don't remember. Uh... Where did I meet you? I met you years ago. Well, I've, uh, yeah, probably. At Cornstock? Probably uh, around 2000, probably. It was uh, the, the show in Kitchener uh, with Gatto, and uh, I think they recorded it. Teenage Head? And it was, uh, uh, I think, in Daryl. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was at, at the, the lyric. At, 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 uh, What's the matter with yeah. you? Yeah, I think we got some connection yeah, issues. Yeah, I got a bit of a connection issue there for you, Andrew. I'd go to LTE if I were you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, yeah, there's something up with your Wi Fi. Is that, uh, is, he's in Cornwall, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's got yeah, that Cornwall Wi Fi. <laughs> Trust me, I lived in Cornwall. That's true. There is Cornwall Wi Fi. <laughs> um, uh, so, but Brian, uh, what's like, you know, there's talk, like we asked you like what, uh, you know, what has there ever been an example of a fan crossing the line? And obviously that was a crazy story. And, and I'm definitely going to check out your book for, for some of the more dirty details on that. But, you know, when Andrew shows up with a tattoo of Helix and, or of your signature, you know, on his arm and stuff like that, and, and you hear about, you know, Ryan naming his baby after, uh, um, you know, after a, a member of Guns N' Roses, um, what's the, uh, what is, is Andrew's tattoo the biggest and best, or has there been other instances like that, that sort of, uh, stand out to you that have happened for Helix fanship? Well, we've had people over the years do us, uh, tremendous favors and stuff, things like that. Um, I don't think we've had anybody else tattoo themselves. You're one of a kind, <laughs> Andrew. You're one of a kind, baby. Was Just that like the best? Was that the ticket that you were holding up or the backstage pass? No, that's the uh, Brian's book that he wrote. Oh, good. Uh, give me an oh. R. Oh, he's got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But Andrew, I have a question about Brian's, uh, getting uh, Brian's uh, signature tattooed. Now, did he sign your arm and then you went straight to a tattoo artist or was it like a signature on something? Well, it was... It was like a Sharpie signing my arm, and it was in uh, Strath Vegas, Strathroy. And it was one of Caleb's first shows, second shows, or something like that. Oh, and uh, and it was when all the first show, the beginning of when all the original band members got back together. First show, that was his first show. It was his first show. Wow, wow, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. That's so and so yeah so then you ran off to the tattoo parlor you were like i gotta go get this you, you caught the rest of the show though right 
What parlor? Oh, no, you run to? What parlor? <laughs> there, there was one in, 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 in Strathroy that I went to, but <laughs> but uh, I found that what you do is you take a picture of it. I didn't know they had one there. Right. <laughs> it wasn't very big at the four corners. <laughs> right. But uh, you take a picture of it so that sometimes you can might not be able to get them. Like I, I got some over in Europe at Sweden Rock and, and I had to wait five days before I could get back to Canada and right. get them done. So you take a picture of it so that there's always a point of reference and then they can replicate it. Well, you could just not shower and then it doesn't get washed off. I mean, well, you do a bit of that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just so you know, the stencil's already there. Like you don't have to do much. Yeah. I mean, when shows return now and uh, with the backlog of all the tattoo artists, now you're just going to have to like learn how to tattoo yourself, get like the little pen, get a needle and just. Yeah. Do your own, do your own business. <laughs> <laughs> well, like my question is, like I don't know how long you've had these, but have you had to get touch-ups on any? And if so, like do you go to the same place or do you go to a different place and say, "Hi, I need this signature tattoo touched up." Like, what's the reaction to that? No, I, I've never had any touched up. Oh, okay, there's the oldest one, oldest signature, seventeen years old, and it's fine. And you're gonna keep it that way? Oh yeah, yeah. All right, keeps the Part authenticity, I guess. Yep. They're not fading. You go to a good guy and then they do a good job. Like the one I got of Lee Aaron's was just, it was amazing. And it looks like it was just done five minutes ago. Cause like that, that's the problem I got with my, cause I got a back piece that I got when I was up in Prince Rupert, British Columbia. And, <laughs> and, and like, it wasn't finished and because I couldn't afford to finish it. And then I moved back here and then like some guy, oh, hang on, you have a half finished back piece from Prince Rupert. Yes. It's a microphone pipe bomb. I got it with my first paycheck as an on-air host and radio. And then I come back down here and I'm looking at places and I'm like, hi, I kind of need this finished. And like, the guy will say like, oh, I don't touch other people's work. And I'm like, listen, the guy is on the border of fucking Alaska. I'm never going to see this guy again. Help me out here. And they give me recommendations to places up in like Scarborough or yeah. York. And I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll fix this when I, when it's a priority for me. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I want to ask you about the, uh, the trailer park boys. Do you have a count on how many times you've uh, made an appearance on the trailer park boys? Well, I actually was on the outtake on uh, one of the videos. That was the first time I ever went out when they were filming the TV program. Uh, and then I was in the uh, movie, uh, Countdown to Liquor Day. Only, yeah. only very, very, very briefly at the end. But I, I toured with the guys out in Western Canada, them and Swollen Members. We had 10 dates. That was a lot of fun. That was back in, uh, I'd say, 2007, somewhere around there. That was at the. That was when the Trailer Park Boys first became like a household name across Canada. I think in that like 2007, 2008. You know, they were. I mean, I just remember thinking that it couldn't get any better when it comes to Canadiana than the Trailer Park Boys at that point in time. Yeah, pretty funny guys. Yeah, and that movie helped break them into the states too, right? I actually read the other day they just celebrated their 20th anniversary. Wow. 20 years of Trailer Park Boys. Where does the time go? Because for me, it's still an edgy new show that's out there, is it not? Like <laughs> it's it's timeless. It's never going to age. That's just... It's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They just announced that the Foo Fighters are, are going into the Rock Hall, and I'm just like, 
You mean the Foo Fighters aren't a new contemporary artist? Uh, Fuck it. That's like that's a Canadian heritage moment. Put that right next to the house hippo. Like Trailer Park Boys are right there. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. Especially that picture that we've got there with Brian and the Trailer Park Boys. That's your Canadian moment right there. (laughs) (laughs) They're great guys. And uh, when we whenever we played out in the uh, Maritimes, they always come out to the show when we're in Halifax. Especially uh, Rob Wells, good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He uh, took me down to the um, uh, uh, Square Nuts Studios last time I was in town, showed me around. And then it was uh, actually, I was out after that and I did Square Nut, uh, which is their uh, um, show they have on. Their I, online show, yeah. Their online show. So I saw him for that. And I, I was in the cartoon show too. I forgot about that. Yeah, the animated series that they've got too. They're everywhere, those guys. I love it. Yeah, and uh, they're known overseas, especially in England. In England, eh? Yeah. They, they probably... really pe- I was going to say, they really picked up traction in the States, too. Like, yeah. that's what they think Canada's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're not far off. I mean, that's why we yeah. laugh at it, right? That's why we think these guys are genius, because we see our neighbors and our friends. Like, we are like that. I'd like to think anyways. <laughs> well, in, in Barcelona, there was... Uh, the stage manager on the, at the stage, he uh, Brian's good friend Randy was there, and and I he uh, got introduced as Randy. Then the guy out of the blue from Germany, he goes Randy Bobandy, and then he starts going on about the Trailer Park Boys, and he just started. They just got it on like a year ago, and he's watched every episode, and then he lost his mind because Brian was in it and stuff like that. And then Brian oh, nice. met him, and and yeah, the, he just. <laughs> he thought he was on the show and then he started doing impressions the whole night. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. When you have a show like that, that people love to quote, you know, or, or misquote, like, you know, some of the Rickyisms, like jalapenos. I mean, worst, worst case Ontario, which is Ontario as a nuts, as a nutshell right now. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, there's actually never been a more accurate description of Ontario right so now. So this is what Ricky meant by worst case Ontario. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, something I want to loop back to in terms of the obsessiveness of of the era of of eighties acts, whether it's you know Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses or yeah Helix as well, you know. But there's one thing that you know there's tattoos and there's different ways, uh, you know. But I found that the era also had something that Ryan Carroll, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's ever noticed this: the makeup, the makeup. Mm. You still loud and proud. The first time I ever saw a concert with Ryan Carroll, I was, I, nobody gave me a fucking heads up and, and I was really stoned and I kept staring. I'm like, what's with Ryan's eyes? Guyliner. You were doing Guyliner, man. He, he actually does takes glam metal that seriously, man. Yeah, Ryan oh is my God. More, man. Like right now, I like I don't even have my nails done because they're uh they're, they're they're shut down, but usually I'll have the, the my nails painted. I'll do it, when it comes to the concerts and stuff when I go out. I was gonna do it tonight and uh the but baby was fussing, so I lost track of time. But yeah, uh, yeah, the eyeliner is a staple to any metal show or any concert that I go to. I have been doing it since I was, well, my first concert was when I was 12, 1993, Guns N' Roses at BC Place, and even did it then. Well, so it isn't something that you did when you were younger and have come back to now that you're 40. Like, you're not <laughs> juicing up the Red Dragon in the driveway now, you know? Listen, look, 
I still rock a freaking chain wallet, all right? Like, He's still okay. Chain wallet. That's cool. All right. See, that's You're never going to grow up out of it. It's a lifestyle. It's what I do. And I love Mine's it. legit. I used to be a chain wallet guy up until the time I tried to Starsky and Hutch slide across the hood of my car <laughs> with a chain wallet on oh, and put no. three large scratches across it. And I haven't worn it since. Oh, but, no. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, that's okay. He's, he's like, I feel like we all get into that point where um, our fashion gets to a point of stasis no matter what age you are, like even people saying that pe girls that wear skinny jeans are like older looking now, um, or me wearing a backwards baseball cap, that kind of thing. Yeah, that so, dates yeah. you as a 2000s kid. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm, I'm not gonna give him shit for wearing a wallet chain. If that's like <laughs> his, his fashion choice, that's fine. That's like yeah. my dad, um, what's my dad? What, well, I think with Brian and, and Helix with the, the beginning of official heavy metal i'm yeah. sure like the, the brian has some stories where the they changed their fashion to kind of suit the era as mm -hmm. it was becoming popular mm -hmm. yeah well i see the hat the intricate hat that brian you're wearing tonight too man like again like it's all about the fashion when it comes to this especially i find that this era of music what was it like in that coming up in there well fashion was part of uh the act viewing to the academy awards and i don't know Sylvester Stallone showed up and uh, cut off jeans and a t I mean, muscle shirt. You feel like you were ripped off. Uh, yeah. For us, it was the total package. We spent a lot of time on our clothes, our hair. Um, you know, we made sure we were in shape. We jogged, we lifted weights. You know, there was nobody overweight in the band back then. Yeah. Uh, we took care of ourselves because we spent a lot of, we spent thousands of dollars on uh, photo sessions every year. So, yeah, you want to get your money's worth, then you don't look like a slump. Yeah, not like that guy that we played off the top of the podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to fall through the fence, do you? <laughs> you know, you've got to be real with your image. You can't just have one thing on stage, one thing off. And we are, we always uh, learn to live. Uh, whatever we were on stage. Uh, our manager, Bill Seip, used to tell us you should be able to wear it into a Tim Hortons and uh, be okay with that. And so we used to do that. And yeah. After a while, it became my normal. And, and that's I, the thing Steve I Martin said. It, Steve Martin said it. It's like, hey, dress to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and that's why I dress like a Windsor scumbag, because that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, Brian, what what were some of the other acts? Did you ever feel a, a fashion rivalry when you were back? Was, was there any other bands that you were like, you know, that you felt like you were sort of rivaling for fashion or even for music uh, in that era? Or was it everybody just a happy family? Never. I wouldn't say we were a happy family. <laughs> I just didn't felt uh, I didn't feel I was in competition with anybody. Right. I was too, you know. I, I just thought I should write music, and uh, if I liked it, maybe somebody else would, and hopefully it'd be successful. Yeah. Uh, I looked at other bands, and uh, I looked at them more to uh, get ideas that I could use in my own show. Yeah. 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 As we all do. Hey, man, I listen to shows out in Vancouver. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to take that for my radio show. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, you know, I think I, it's all the same stuff. It's just uh, different ways to use it. And uh, yeah, 
you take rock and roll, uh, it's basically about uh, uh, very few topics. And, uh, you know, so everybody thinks it's easy to write a rock and roll song, but it's pretty hard to write a rock and roll song that uh, doesn't say something that hasn't already been said 10,000 times before. Yeah, with the same chords, too, you know? But the same can be said for ACDC, especially when all these artists evolve with the times. ACDC did not change their formula at all. And every time they come out with a new song or a new album, I'm yeah. still like, I dig this shit. So yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, they tried it once. They tried a ballad once with Bon Scott, and it was fucking garbage. Don't and they're like, we won't do that again. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, you know, like it, the, for anyone who 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 you know grew up with Helix, give me an R. You know, uh, you know, again, like I said, iconic. I mean, that mm -hmm. song is. I mean, just that's the only word that keeps coming to mind. But again, if you like that song, you're probably gonna like something off your new music, which is coming out shortly, right? I hope so. Uh, we keep putting out music. Uh, I don't. Uh, really listen to anybody else when I when I write my songs I you know, mm -hmm. gut feel that I got and uh, because if you start listening to everybody else what they want to hear from you then you're chasing your tail and you really don't know if you don't know what you want to be then nobody else is going to tell you right right well and I gotta say Brian I love the uh, 2019 release um the name of the album just escaped me I have it upstairs on uh, vinyl but um it was eat fucking killer eat sleep rock yes eat, that's eat, it rock. yes Love it. Gentlemen, uh, it's... Sorry, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, I don't even know why I tried to Google it. He could answer that for you perfectly. Right, yeah, the man, <laughs> the source is right here. One one question to throw out there, and and again, this is, a, this is actually a, a fan that I met one time from the band Metallica. And I don't know if this, and maybe you guys have heard of this, and I'm going to just throw it out here, but he came up with something that he called the Metallic Claw, which is a way to shake hands. Where, but you do it with the devil horns. And you get the two fingers and you shake hands like this. That's getting a little intimate. Yeah, but it's, well, I mean, especially during. I'm, I'm trying to do that right now. Time. That seems incredibly hard. It's when like a half back, shocker almost. Yeah. <laughs> I draw the line. But yeah, have you ever heard of the Metallic Law? Anyone? I haven't. I think no? Brian. I think. Oh, did we lose Brian? I think, well, Brian's video is gone. Well, the Metallica, okay, so it might have been made up. Like, that's not an actual handshake for Metallica, is it? No, I've never seen that before. I've seen Metallica five times. Never once went up to a Metallica fan and went, hey, Metallica. Metallica. Okay. <laughs> I mean, nobody's Locker. shaking hands now because of the pandemic, but I'm just saying, when we get back to it, will Metallica come back? But I guess it's not even a thing. That was a one-off. Some guy was trying to start something, maybe. <laughs> He's trying to start a secret That's handshake. That's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. The metallic claw? <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Imagine trying to shake hands like would that. Would you act? Okay, if someone went up to you and did the metallic, let's do the metallic claw, would you not feel a little bit awkward like you're getting violated a little bit? There is a, yeah, there is a sliding sort of thing. Well, I don't know. Chris, I know that you hate on for wrestling, but there's a wrestling version of that. And it's uh, it's too sweet. And it's like when you make a little wolf with your hands and you just make your, your fingers kiss like that. And like I went to Riot Fest like six years ago and I did that with, I think, about nine different people that recognize my wrestling shirt. 
So <laughs> if that could exist, then I could see the metallic law exists. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. if anyone in, uh, in the audience listening, anyone who wants to get a hold of me, DM me. If you've ever heard of the fucking metallic law, where you shake hands with the devil horns, basically you lock your pinkies and your index fingers over each other and shake that person's hand. Okay, next time I see you, we'll give that a shot, okay? No, no, what you do, Mark, is next time you see uh, Chris, do the metallic claw, but like do it. Aggressively? Video, video it, slow motion it, <laughs> put some rain in the background and have, en have endless love going. Or I knew, I knew, I knew you would have a song recommendation for that, you son of a bitch. Gotta take up, guys. Okay, Brian, we're just gonna better wrap it up, anyways. Uh, I was gonna, yeah, we're gonna go out on Metallic Claw, but uh, Brian, we really appreciate be you being here tonight, and of course, Thank the you. band Helix. Look forward to hearing some of your new material, and guess what? I'm going out to get that book ASAP. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Thanks again, Brian. You can sign off, and we'll just wrap up on the credits here. And uh, with the with the leftover gang, <laughs> the celebrity has left the building, gentlemen. And by the way, if you or somebody else, you know, wants to Metallica, just know today that the UK announced that they are allowed to hug each other. So we're getting close, everybody. Oh, don't yeah, you worry. Don't even, man. Yeah, America's back. They opened I, Disneyland. I mean, it's I'm just so jealous of everybody now. This is 2021. You are allowed to hug each other. Don't worry. It's coming. <laughs> How the hell did we end up where we are a year ago? I, we're looking at the states going, well, you guys are fucked. I called back. it. I called it last year. I said, eventually some government official is going to come out and say, don't worry, guys, you're allowed to hug each other now. Like what? Jesus. Yeah. And you know well, what? I'm going to hug Chris for an uncomfortably long amount of time. And when I'm going to give you next. the metallic claw up your buckle. Oh, your fuck buckle. off. <laughs> fuck right <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Give the old metallic cloud tickle pickle. <laughs> you know what? I'm not coming over anymore. Fine. No, that's cool. That's, that's, that's <laughs> that's yeah, like I don't have to have any assholes into my house when there's a <laughs> pandemic. I just do it on Zoom. <laughs> well, that was fun, guys. That was cool having Brian on the podcast and appreciate all you guys being here, sharing your fandom. As always, Andrew Libby, you're welcome back anytime. Brian Carroll, of course, in the uh, what the uh, sorry, what what the rock, right? What the Rock. What the Rock podcast and Big FM in Kingston every afternoon from 2 to 6 p.m. Am I right? That uh, three, to, uh, 3 to 7. Oh, 3 to 7. 3 oh, to man, 7. You get the, no wonder the afternoon guy gets to sleep in and not have to be on until 3. That is oh, exactly. Three. I step late and I make my wife get up with the kid at 5 and then I get up uh, somewhere around uh, 1030 and be like, okay, let's go. That works perfect, man, for fatherhood, right? Yeah. Except no. for when, sometimes when I come home, baby's sleeping, so I'm like, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I got the afternoon shift and all I do is sleeping until 11 PM. So sorry <laughs> for you. And Mark Davis, yeah, veteran of the podcast, Mark Davis, you can uh, catch his production wizardry every afternoon on 1010 CFRB in Toronto, the mad dog, Michaels and Ryan Doyle show. Did I get uh, the rush with uh, Jay and Ryan. So yeah. Okay. Maybe. The rush with Jay and Ryan. I'll yeah. get it right. One of these days. Yeah. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> when you get it right, he'll finally come on this podcast. Don't worry. Yeah. That, you know what? I sent him an email like three months ago. I'm like, Hey, bad dog. And he's like, love to let me clear it with my boss. And that's the last <laughs> I heard from him. So I'm like, oh, his boss is already cock blocking my guest. But uh, you can tell I'm not on radio. I have a lot of dead air. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. 
Uh, and Andrew, man, it's been great uh, reconnecting with you, dude. And like I say, you are still number one fan. Sorry, Ryan Carroll, but still the number one fan in my books, dude. I've never witnessed <laughs> dedication to catching shows, getting tattoos for all your favorite bands and, and people that you've hung out with, man. That's uh, always that super really impressive. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it super is. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks right, for having yeah. me. Yeah, thanks, gents. Don't forget to catch the podcast and subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on YouTube. The audience is slowly growing. If you feel like joining us on YouTube, get on there. And Big Chris Radio is the Facebook fan page. And of course, thanks to Dean Blundell, the little devil sitting on my shoulder, whispering devilish things in my ear. And uh, thanks to him for having me on the DeanBlundell.com podcast network. Good night, gentlemen. And ladies who might possibly be listening <laughs> and this podcast has been a total sausage fest i gotta get biff naked i gotta get some female action going on in here all right good night everybody good night. do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.